just a quick disclaimer before the episode starts. Um, my guest is extremely passionate about what they're speaking on, and some of this can be heard through some tapping on the table and also some banging on the table. Um, so just in case that comes up throughout the episode, but please do listen to everything he had to say. I had a wonderful time discussing with him. So enjoy the episode. Hey guys, thank you for tuning in and welcome to the Five Figure Podcast. Each week we sit with the guests and we discuss career journeys, how they got to where they are, as well as learn more about their personal life. The idea of these conversations is not to compare individuals and make people feel insecure or inferior, but to educate, inform and encourage transparency. We will be speaking to different people at different stages of their lives and careers and learning about their personal challenges and successes. So thank you for tuning in and we hope you enjoy. And with me today, I've got Iowa Fi. Hey guys. <laughs> Say hello to the people. Hey, hey, hey. Lovely to be here. Thank you for Shalom for inviting me, for bringing me on. Of course, of course, of course. Thank you for coming on. Um, so I think we're just going to delve into it, but I'm going to go back a bit. So before we get into what you're doing now, um, we just have a discussion about, you know, your whole journey up until this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we start with A-levels, like mm-hmm. what was A-levels like? What did you do for A-levels? All right, so um, I, I actually did the IB. So um, I did um, higher English, chemistry, biology, and standard economics, maths, and Italian. So I did the IB, so we had to do six okay, subjects, okay. three higher, three standard, yeah. Okay, so, calm. And then yeah. went off to uni to do? Um, to do biological sciences at Queen Mary, because um, I initially wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be a medic. <laughs> so I was meant to go to Bristol, missed the grades, thought my life was over. <laughs> Then I was like, all right, I'm gonna do biology at uni and do post-grad med. But in the first week of uni, I decided I wanted to be a banker. Oh my goodness. <laughs> um, well, it, it does happen. And that's kind of one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you. So um, you've gone from, from medical stuff. Let's get into the banking. So how did that how did that pan out? Um, I, I think it, it, it actually panned out really well. I mean, um, I think why that, probably went really well and why I was encouraged that I could do it was because I was surrounded by people um, who also wanted to get into banking. Those people happened to mainly do economics and finance and maths. So they were, their path was more aligned, I guess, by what they were studying. But because we were really good friends, like, you know, some of them still my best friends, um, we were encouraging each other. Like I remember in first year, me and one of my friends in particular, we would always have calls every Friday to talk about the markets and we'd go through um, definitions of securities and we um, both um, had the same books that were recommended to us by companies like Rare Recruitment and SEO London and things like that. So we were on it, we were practicing, we were talking about stock pitches and things like that um, and interview questions and things. So we were, we put in the work, so we all ended up with internships and whatnot. So, um, and, and when I was on my internship, um within sales and trading i found out that you know people come from all types of backgrounds so i mean the guy who ran the floor for europe um equities at the bank i did my internship at he did medieval history at queen mary and then one of the mds who really took me under his wing did biology as well at queen mary so you know it was and then girls on the desk who are analysts already who were hired did history and english and obviously had people did engineering and maths and finance but it was it was um yeah it was a good time i put in the work and it was good to be in and around that um i guess this is during the time of uni 
Um, do you want me to like elaborate after that until like early into my career after the internship? Yeah, sort of I stuff? mean, definitely it's yeah. important. I think what, what you just said is really key as well because I, I would kind of always think if you're going into banking, mm. it's got to be the math or, you know, the economics and all that. So to so hear that people that did medieval history are running the whole running thing. the floor it's it quite crazy what what it is is that of course um you can you can study anything and i think that's always been the case you can study anything and go into whatever your heart desire is as long as you know you've pinpointed and you're um maximizing and showing that you have the transferable skills that are necessary and needed for whatever you want to go into so that's in terms of soft skill set but then in terms of knowledge base if it's not aligned because I've studied biology, but I'm going into an obviously a finance orientated career, you have to put in the work. That's why I read the books. We were having, me and my friends had those calls where I was attending talks. I went to sessions. I, you know, I, I got myself clued up. So I don't think you can avoid um, upping yourself on the relevant knowledge. But as long as you show you're um, proactive, you're tenacious, you're hungry, um, you're interested and you're passionate, um, you know, it should come through and you will get at least a chance, you know? So, yeah. Oh, no, okay. That, that's, I guess, yeah, that makes yeah. perfect sense. I, I mean, there is a, there is like a fear of like starting afresh with all this mm. knowledge and attending the talks. Like, did you ever feel like, you know, you, you're way out of your depth? With all um, this? You know what? I think that's, that's a good question because, um, being honest with yourself, I think really saves a lot of heartache. So what for me, um, personally, for me, I knew in terms of banking and sales and trading specifically, it's usually split into f uh, fixed income and equities, right? For me, I was honest with myself enough to be like, I'm an equities guy. Fixed income, I get it, but it's not my bag. Yeah. All right. So you found your bag now yeah. and um, you get into banking. Mm. So what was that journey like? Where did you start from and kind of where did you end, end up? Okay, amazing. So after the internship, like, you know, um, not getting that, um, converting that um, internship um, was actually reasons down to myself. Like, but that's, I guess I'll be another complete story because I learned a lot on that. So not converting that again because of reasons that I knew that if I could go back, I would have done differently. Um, I ended up um, getting, being, spending a year at a Nigerian bank where I actually met you, um, Guaranteed Trust I Bank. That. Yeah. So um, I was like, I didn't convert it. Um, and then my, um, I, I spoke to like my uncle who at the time was one of the MDs there and he was like, well, you can work here if you want. And I was like, all right, fine. I ain't got nothing. I ain't got nothing else. So let me work here and see how it is. Um, so the intention was like really, I mean, at that time, I don't, I, I think in the moment, I I think I felt that, yeah, it was just a transition thing that I would definitely go back into proper quote unquote investment banking. So when I got the role though, um, there was like talks about, oh, I might want to move to Nigeria. And then and, and I was like, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to do that, but I guess my uncle had definitely good connections there. So it was a possibility. But anyway, while I was there, I, I split my time between like the private bankers and then the commercial banking. And um, it was interesting. I think to cut a long story short, it was a very Nigerian experience. So if you people know what I'm trying, I, it was just very, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It was a very nice, in terms of organization and in terms of how they were running things, it was a very Nigerian experience. So in terms of me learning anything, or gaining anything in that sense, 
I don't think so. But I did leave a good mark. They all, everyone who worked there did like me and whatever. It was a positive. It, that was a positive, but I'll leave it at that. But during that time, um, I actually applied for a master's at, um, at Imperial. I did all of the rounds and whatever. And um, my friends at the time who were on the course was like, the course director said, they loved you and there's nothing for you to worry about, bruv, you got this. I was waiting for an offer, waiting for an offer, waiting for an offer, doing this time I was at Guaranteed Trust Bank and um, it just never came. And then August, I remember it was like mid-August, I got a rejection email. I thought my life was over because <laughs> in doing that time as well, while I was at the bank, I was like, I actually, I don't want to be here for long. I don't bun moving to Nigeria for now anyway. Like what these people are doing here is not encouraging me to go and work for them over there. So no way. Um, so I was hoping that would be my exit. So when that fell through, um, I just kind of like stepped up the pace on all of my uh, investment banking uh, interviews because obviously um, then what I, I would have had to apply for would be the grad schemes. So I finally got one at Society General. Um, and then I when I moved to Society General, I was there for three years, three years on. They don't really have an analyst program. They just take individuals on per desk, uh, availability per desk. So I ended up on, um, first it was like a prime brokerage desk. And then I moved to the commodities management desk within global markets. And at the time, Sokgen had a massive commodities offering, like about 30 to 40 commodity staff. I was the only black guy in commodities um, on the trading floor. Um, so I was part of the COO team. So we managed the product of commodities for the bank. Um, so a lot of internal doing work and like data deep dives for a lot of internal stakeholders and sometimes working with like, you know, our clients, our commodity clients as well and pulling data and doing a lot of project work as well. So um, that's another part, like um, something I learned while I was even at Morgan Stanley on my internship that um, within sales and trading, there's so many roles other than being a direct sales person or a trader, you know, everything, all of these desks are important towards making that um, kind of like that business work. So um, it was, yeah, so that was kind of like the, the, the journey um, into like investment banking and yeah, the, you, what, what, what I think you wanted me to go on to <laughs> the exit, right? So, so before we get into the exit, mm. I think we kind of, want to paint a picture here so mm. i want to ask as an investment banker mm -hmm. how much were you making okay um so at kind of uh, in on my internship the analyst salary was like what was pegged for our monthly intern like intern salary so at the time this is 2013 guys i'm trying to guess my age um at the time it was at the time, it was um, 45K for um, grad salary starting. So that was what our internship was pegged at. And then at in my first year at Sokgen, it was 42. So Sokgen is is not as big as like Morgan Stanley, but still a good investment bank. So obviously then those um, the starting kind of like moves accordingly. Um, and then obviously that increased like, you know, as, as um, I went up, you know, and I spent three years there. So, yeah. So what were the working hours like? Because, you know, I see a lot of times where people that do investment banking, they've mm. got this whole like eight to eight kind mm. of schedule. Like, mm. is that is that a reality or is that just an um, occasion? So in terms of, it, it really depends. Like generally, obviously investment banking is very like um, intense and it, it requires a lot of time and effort and brain power. But I guess depending on the desk you're on and sometimes yeah depending on the desk you're on um that dictates how many hours you're doing on my desk like i'd be in for like between 8 and 8 30 and be able to leave about six 
which is decent, which is very decent, unless unless sometimes when we had a project that was re really close to turning date um, because like they were having some sort of report that needed to be put together or the head of commodities needed something done, then obviously we spend longer. But it's nowhere near like as bad as, you know, some, I remember when I was on the equity sales desk on my internship, I get in for between six and 6.30, but leave at five. But in between, and when I say between six and 6.30, closer to six. So, um, and then obviously that doesn't compare to other areas of investment banking. So if you're specifically in IBD, you might be spending, you know, over 20 hours in the office, whatever, especially when a deal is on the horizon and closing on a deal. So it depends. Um, it depends. But I had a good end of the bargain, I think, um, in terms of the desk I was on. Oh, yeah. yeah. 20 <laughs> hours a day is, is um, that's very yeah. nuts. Yeah. But... I want to kind of go into something else now. So mm. you just kind of painted this picture for us and it seems like there's a lot of experience there mm -hmm. and you're earning a good, mm -hmm. good salary, like mm -hmm. there's security there. Mm -hmm. But it seems like you've kind of left all that behind. Mm -hmm. um, when you spoke to people about leaving that and starting mm -hmm. your own thing, mm -hmm. what was the reaction to that? Um, you know, like, so when I when I decided to leave, it was... Uh, 2018. So around like early 2018, I already started feeling like I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. Um, but if you think about it, 2018, um, you know, we were so far into the age of Instagram and social media, right? And being an entrepreneur and doing your own thing has become so accessible. It's no longer one thing that is you know, just kept for a certain type of person or a certain type of, you know, of course, those type of people who are wealthy and who have come from a background of business owners and founders, it's easier for them to do their own thing. But it's accessible because, you know, you open you open your social media, you're reading an article, you're on Twitter, you're on Instagram, and you find out that your best friend's brother or your brother's younger sister has started a new business. And you're like, I can do that too. Like, I'm interested in that. I can do that. So when I was telling people I wanted to leave, um, it was more so like, oh, okay, yeah, good luck in it. And let me just know, let me know if you need, if you're raising around, you know, it's commonplace. Like, you know, um, like they know that people leave and off, even like, you know, when I would always read stories about founders who've done great things, who've raised a lot of money, who have great businesses, um, most, a lot of them you find are ex-bankers, ex-lawyers. So it's commonplace, like people in the industry know that it's inevitable for some people to leave. But I think in terms of, kind of getting to that stage. Um, even when I started like investment banking, like back into it at Stock Gen, or even whilst I was at Morgan Stanley, I'd always had, I always had an interest in like um, the kind of industry my startup is in now. So I, from then always, I said personally, I basically said, oh, I, I would like to stay in investment banking until like I'm an MD. So which is probably 10 years in the game, 10, 15 years in the game. And then I'd leave to be an editor at GQ. So an editor is obviously quite low on the ranks, but I didn't mind that because my intention was I'd make all my money and I wouldn't mind leaving to be an editor. At G That's what I always told everyone. Um, funny enough, so when I started my job at, at uh, Sock Gen, um, that year, I think it was 2015, that year, yeah, it was August 2015, I um, came out with a magazine with two of my friends. So it was a lifestyle, fashion and um, culture magazine called Art Value. And we had like a big um, launch party and everyone came, really appreciated the support. And we got like sick brands and models in that in that first issue. So I, that was like my first foray into being an entrepreneur and into like the fashion kind of industry was um, really difficult. So we couldn't like maintain that momentum and we wanted to do like 
two physical issues a year and um, keep everything digital. But I mean, when we did that first issue, um, I was going to castings at lunch. I was meeting like uh, photographers at lunch in my lunchtime at Stop Gen. And it was obviously getting very unsustainable because people would be like, where's Ayo gone? And I'd be like having to get someone to cover for me. And um, yeah, it just wasn't sustainable, but um, it, it showed me that, yo, like we did, sometimes I even forget, like people remind me that we had Orange Culture in that first, Orange Culture, the brand, right? We had Orange Culture's, um, one of their earliest um, campaigns in that first issue of Art Valley. We had Bevel by Tristan Walker in that, in that, um, in that uh, issue. We had Nyasha, um, I forget her last name, but she was the face of LV and, and Mark Jacobs and all that it, as our model in that first That's issue. Big. You know, we had, so people remind me like, oh, don't you remember? And I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah, we did have that in like, so yeah, that was my first story, but it was just unsustainable. So we had to pull back. So I do intend to revisit that in the future because it does make sense in my world of things that I'm doing, but that was my first foray. So I already always had it in my mind that I was very entrepreneurial. I was interested in style and fashion and all of that. But um, so it when it came to 2018 and um, I thought, um, yeah, I think I want to do something about this other idea that I have and I want to leave. Um, I started feeling that at work, I wasn't as productive. I wasn't enjoying work anymore. I was like, um, and it started to just affect kind of my output as well. And I just hated that. Like, you know, I would, yeah, it, it wasn't going great. Um, not that I was even going to get fired, but I just knew I wasn't being my optimal self. So I knew it was time to go. I knew it was time to go. And my exit was actually, I played it a bit safe. I was like, I'm going to apply for some, uh, master's programs and I'm also going to interview elsewhere for even more senior roles for more money if I get the senior roles for more money I'm going to do it for a year that's what I told <laughs> I'm going to do it for my for a year and if I get the master's place defer it for a year if not if I don't get any of these interviews because I had like a few interviews yeah. um JP Goldman and RBC yeah. and I didn't get any of them but I got the master's place I said look oh. if I get the master's place I'm out but if I get any of these roles I'm going to do the role for a year and defer my master's place. I didn't get any of the roles, but got the master's place at Cass Business School. So oh, okay. that, that was that was confirmation that this I'm is what out. you need to do. I'm going. Uh, so now you're sitting in the office and like mm. you said, you've got this idea and it's mm -hmm. just nagging at you. Mm -hmm. Is it that like what kind of what went into that? You know, did you have exactly what you wanted in your head mm -hmm. and just had to execute mm -hmm. or was it just like a little seed and then mm -hmm. you had to build up on it and say, you know what, mm -hmm. this can actually be something. I'm ready to take the jump now. Mm -hmm. So I think um, in terms of that, it started as a, um, it, it did start as a, as a seed, as a small idea, actually as part of um, the magazine, as part of Art Value, it was meant to be a, a, an additional vertical. It was meant to be a rollout, uh, a, a luxury e-com platform that was going to also be called Art Value, but it was like an addition, it was an additional rollout to the magazine element. Um, so initially, so that's, so, but obviously when, as I said, when it just got so unsustainable to continue doing all of the, all of the things that came with trying to put out a great magazine that spoke to like the diaspora and people like myself who, you know, like culture and art and fashion and music and still killing it at their jobs and in incredibly intelligent. It was just like, yeah, it, all, yeah, that idea and slowed down and died. Right. So, but that element of it, the luxury e-com platform, um, was still like tinkering away in my in my head. And essentially what Jindaya is, is a luxury e-com platform that has both Western and African luxury brands on the same platform. 
Um, so from everything from like Prada, Gucci, Versace, Casablanca to Orange Culture, Imadidesso, Rich Manissi, um, everyone, uh, Tokyo James, everyone on there from all over Africa, not just Western African brands. So um, that's essentially the core of the idea. And we have other like bells and whistles on that to enhance the experience, the luxury shopping experience. But that's what it is now. But back then it was just, oh, it's just going to be a luxury e-com platform because I just want to do a luxury e-com platform because I'm interested in fashion and whatever. Um, but when Art Value stopped, what I did was that idea, as you said, just kept tinkering on in my mind. So what I did was I reached out. The first person I reached out to is still one of my co-founders till today because the team and the face of what Jindaya is from that initial kind of extension of what Art Value was has changed drastically. I'm, I'm very grateful for the people who've been in and out because they've added you know, some key things that have helped us get to this point. But the one person who's been with art value from is my co-founder Kemi so when I had the I remember when I had the idea when it was still meant to be under art value I was I'll never forget I was going down the escalator at Charing Cross you know that long walk before you get to the Bakerloo line yeah. and I was like Kemi's probably the best person to try and do this with so I called her on WhatsApp because she was I think she was in Nigeria at the time she went to UCL I was at Queen Mary we met because we were doing into ACS stuff and um, I called her I was like Kemi I've got this idea I think I, I, I've been thinking about it and I think you'd be good to do it with and she was like oh my god I love the idea like of course yeah it would work because XYZ you know if people in Africa usually travel blah 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 this is this and if there's something online so she was like yeah I love it so in terms from then we started working on it I remember the summer after we'd always meet because she had an internship at Google here in London. So we always meet to talk about the idea, but nothing was getting done. We just meet and be so gassed to be in the Google office talking about <laughs> the idea, but and like delegate work to each other. And by this time as well, we um, got two more people via recommendation via our network to help us co-found and start what is now Jindaya, which then had a like a, a temporary name. It was like Africa's luxury good portal. It was just a, a holding name for it. Um, so we and we always used to meet but nothing got done um but we used to be excited to talk about it and in that time where we would like tell other people about it you know um I, I got connected with somebody else who isn't with art value anymore but she actually came up with the um, art value sorry jendaya anymore but she came up with the name so i remember back in the day when it still had that um that temporary name because we didn't have a name um we pulled um, four names that sounded the best and asked family and friends to vote on the four names and Jindaya won and the girl who isn't with us anymore who also I met at UCL um, through mutual friends um, she was the one who suggested Jindaya so um, I, I'm always indebted to her for that name even though she's not with us anymore but again it's all love everyone who's been in and out of the team Every time, everything, something happens, like a feature in this magazine or that magazine, or we, we end up connecting with someone who's great in the industry. There's always showing love, always, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. It's not, yeah. We're, get, we're getting there. And I wanted to ask you all, because, you know, um, we see stuff online. It's mm. like, you know, I don't know how people do this nine to five stuff, mm. you know, chase your dreams, mm. you know, start that business. Mm. It's, it's easy to, to send a tweet, you get what I mean? Bro. But talk to me about what is it actually like mm having your own thing, mm. what goes into that? Bro, um, it's a lot, it's a lot. I mean, um, especially when, I think especially when something is literally your idea and your baby and you've conceptualized it, um, you know, and then you've also decided that it's something I want to do full time. It becomes really, it, com it becomes really all encompassing and very, um, 
very over can can be overwhelming because I remember, as I said, after we moved from the point where we were just like meeting and not doing much to the point where 2000 January 2018 we decided we were going to take Jendaya seriously and make it what it could be, what it can be, and what it will be, God willing, right? Um, I remember, I remember then I started really, um, kind of like overseeing every angle like even though we would delegate everything to between us and who was at the team at that time the co-founders and extended members who wanted to help us right um there was nothing I wasn't aware of there was nothing I wasn't a part of even if I had a task I'd always be involved in that other task like because you just have to feel like it's all on me it has to go well it has to like represent what I what I am which you know I feel like you know I'm an intelligent person and I've worked hard and I'm, I want to be, um, you know, associated with excellence and something that does well, right? So that was even just the beginning. But now it's, I mean, I remember last year, like last year, October, I probably had like a little bit of a breakdown because like things, things were, things were going well, but but at the same time they weren't. And, and October was just like the melting point of everything because I'm so overwhelmed trying to do so much. Like this was the year I just finished my master's. So I did my master's from September, 2018 to September, 2019. And as I said, that year things were going so well, but weren't also going great with the business and stuff like yeah, that. So, yeah. you know, um, because I'm, as I said, trying to be involved in everything, covering every angle, but then it's such an emotional roller coaster because, you know, things are going great and you feel like you're great because you're so tired, attached and, you know, to, to what you're doing. And then when things don't go great, it like also pulls you down with it. So, you know, um, at that point as well, we we had a promise from an angel investor and we were so keen and happy and like, oh, like our whole like pre-seed round is going to be covered. That person ended up not being able to cover it. So that also like was like a shot to the heart as well. So also that put me in a pickle because by the time we finished, and my masters, I was like, that angel investment is going to be there. I can fully do this full time. But realizing that wasn't going to come through, that added extra pressure because I'm like, all right, I've taken a year out to do a masters. I plan and budgeted for that. So I don't need to earn. But kind of after this, I would need to be earning money again. So when that fell through, that also added pressure to everything. And, you know, it was it's, it's, it's tough. Like, it's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah I can imagine because, you know, I see a lot of people online that kind of own mm. their own stuff and I can see like the responsibility that they, they take everything on. And, take everything on. Um, at the end of the day, like it, it's them and it's it's not easy. They don't have nine to five. Yeah. Like whenever the phone rings, they need to be there. So I can even, imagine. Even when you have co-founders like, or like people who are helping you, like, you know, like you still feel so um, tied to everything that like, you need to be on everything like even if something's delegated here I'm still going to be like hey 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 what's going on here or like still going to you know that's just yeah I think it, you can't you can't help it but you know and I and I admire people some people have nine to fives and still have killer businesses like my mentor has is is like senior at a, a big investment bank and he has two businesses that are killing it like i'm sure if i like if i was to mention them everyone knows those businesses but yet he still got his nine to five and it's not a nine to five because he's senior at a big investment bank so it's not a nine to five it's like Damn. a it's like a it's like a it's like a six to six or a six to eight or something so um you know some people can juggle it i don't know how they do but they can i boy so yeah i mean ugh, I, I don't even know it mm. sounds like a lot but <laughs> That was very difficult coming up. Mm. Tell us where is Jendaya now? Like mm. where are you guys at now? Mm. So um 
like right now it's a pretty intense time, but a good time at the same at the same time because um in in a in a week, so this week, Thursday, Friday, everyone's gonna be able to see the new UI UX uh facelift for the current editorial website. Okay. So that's where we put out content that, you know, we we hope that it inspires, it styles, it taste makes, it informs people, both about um things that are happening on the Western and African fashion landscape. Um that launched in March of this year. Um, but yeah, so this week a uh, uh, UI UX um, revamp is coming. It's it's looking really good, guys. So I'm excited for everyone to see. It. I've already seen it. Um, and then in about three weeks' time, we're having the ecom pilot launch. So that is where we've um, been selecting a first wave of about 450 shoppers across the UK, the US, Nigeria, and Ghana to have access to exclusive access to shop the ecom offering. Um, we're going to be increasing more pilot shoppers in waves. So this is the first wave of 450 people, but we'll be increasing more shoppers as we go along. And um, so we've been building, we've been selecting inventory, building the e-com site, uh, onboarding per personal shoppers because everyone has a personal shopper on the on the platform. Um, you know, it's it just um, shooting original content, you know, for the editorial side and for the e-com. So it, it, a lot is going into that. But in the background as well, we're preparing for to be potentially on an accelerator um, because we hope that in the next nine to 12 months, um, we can raise the seed round. So that's where we're at right now. So it's a lot going on, um, a lot of speaking to people, you know, and yeah, just trying to get stuff done. Yeah, this, this like, it sounds like obviously it's happening on a massive scale mm. and there's so many stakeholders and players involved. Mm. Kind of how much research kind of went into stuff like this? Mm. Because if you're doing e-commerce, then you're talking about shipping and you're talking mm. about um, payments and things like mm -hmm. that. So how much research goes into this? Because if yeah. someone's trying to start something like this mm -hmm. or start a business, mm -hmm. it's not just as easy as, you know, I got the products it's not, and it's I'm going to just ship it's it It's not easy, bro. I, and the irony is when you mention this, you know, when I love speaking to people, I love like, uh, um, like, you know, mentoring and like advising and helping people in any way I can. So when people always ask me like, oh, like I want to start this business and whatnot. I, I When I advise them and I, I just look at them like, there's a lot of work that goes into this, you know. Are you sure? I never say this, but I'm like, are you sure you want to do this? Like, because at the end of the day, I'm not going to be a, a, a downer on somebody's dream. Like, if you've got a passion for it, go for it. But if you want to make something great out of whatever, it's a lot of work, bro. So I would say for us, we spent the whole of 2018 really learning and unlearning a lot about this idea that is now Jindale. We thought we had it figured out. But as you said, it's a lot more than, oh, I have product and I want to shift it. What you there's so much that goes into it because even what goes into it has to be aligned with what you can actually afford to do or for what sure, you sure. or what actually you have the understanding of or knowledge of how to do yeah. the best way possible. Yeah. So that whole of 2018, we had, as I said, learned and unlearned so much. Um so now it's come to a point where okay we we have our we have our provider we have our drop shipping provider we have all the plugins we're using so DHL and then and and we and we have the contacts to do this that and the third or we've been introduced to people to help us understand how to do this and that better so whereas before i mean at one point everything anybody else would say that was what we needed to do but as you can imagine as they say too many cooks spoil the broth so we'd be going in this direction but because somebody said something we'd go Turn to left. <laughs> bro it became and then it was just too messy and there were so many people involved and and it was like all for good intentions but yeah, it just yeah. didn't make sense 
So there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn, but it's in, in good timing and, you know, via like kind of discernment and like self-analysis, you realize, okay, what to discard, what to take on, where to look, who to ask and, you know. Yeah. So one thing that I like to ask guests is, as you are now, mm -hmm. you know, let's say you go back in time, mm -hmm. what are you going to tell your younger self, whether mm -hmm. it's the younger one that started in um, Jindaya mm -hmm. or the younger one that went into banking? Mm -hmm. Is there anything you would, change is there some advice that you would give 100 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i i i'd address that in the two folds you said so my youngest if you wanted to get into banking i i told myself slow down ayo take time <laughs> take time make analysis make some self some honest self-analysis of the opportunity you have at hand and seek counsel from those who are older than you and those around you who you know are going to be honest with you. That's what I tell myself. Because as I alluded to, the reason why I didn't actually get my internship, internship offer was just silly stuff I did. But, you know, so that's what I tell myself. Take time, slow down and mm. be honest with yourself. Mm. Like, And then um, what I tell my younger self who started Jindaya is that um, you also you also have like the keys and the knowledge to do what you need to do. Everyone else can't be right. You you also you also know what you're doing. That's what I told myself. You also know what you're doing. Not everyone else can't be right other than yourself. Like you know what you're doing. Stick to your guns. Yeah. That's what I told myself. Did you ever feel pressure in the sense like do you feel like you had to follow a certain timeline? Like you had to have this done by mm. 20 what or you had to have this done by 30? Like did you feel like that I think, yeah. played a part? hundred percent. And I think it, it's very typical for one Nigerians like ourselves who, you know, have Nigerian parents and who are ambitious and intelligent and are surrounded by ambitious, intelligent people, right? To usually restrict ourselves to some sort of timeline that I need to do this by X and this by Y and this by Z. So, and that's, all that does is add more pressure to yourself and for usually sure. makes one probably actually fail and make mistakes they shouldn't make. Yeah. Um, but what I'm grateful for this entrepreneurial journey for is that it's actually made me discard a lot of that. And a lot of the things that I would be, I I before was pressured I, I, on myself um, to do or to achieve. I've just been like, it's in my own time, really. And my journey and trajectory is different. So whenever it comes, it comes. Whenever it happens, it happens. Um, I'm just enjoying um doing this right now and everything that's happening is a confirmation that I'm meant to be here. So all of those other things will sort itself out, will work out, will happen when they're supposed to. So I'm grateful for that because, you know, otherwise I think I'd still be trying to adhere to those kind of time frames and timelines. Okay. Uh, yeah. I just got two more questions. Really. No problem. Um, where do you kind of see Jinday in the next six to 12 months? Six to 12 months. So six to 12, I was expecting five years. Six to 12 <laughs> months, uh, six to 12 months, God willing. Small. Yeah, I know, right? Six to 12 months, God willing, um, being in and around to close a seed round, um, seed round, um, seed round, seed round raise of a, like a, at least 1.5 upwards of that, of that amount. So in either have closed it or looking to close it. That's in six to 12 months. Okay. Yeah. And then we might as well go with the five, five years. years. Like what's going on there? Um, in five years, um, hopefully, you know, it's usually a 10 year trajectory, but the the startup, I don't, I don't think I touch on it, but there's, this, I'm working also at an, another startup as I do Jindale like full time. Um, they got acquired in five years of starting. This is usually a 10 year journey to be acquired, but, 
because of like kind of the relationships and the conversations we've got going on right now, I'd hope we'd be mm, in the in the periphery of a hopeful acquisition by okay. one of the big players okay. um, in the market, um, luxury <laughs> e-com players. You know, it's, it, I hope it's possible. You know, that would be ideal. Yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely possible. Like, I feel like you're yeah. pouring so much into this, and Fam. and I can see like it, it's a dream. So this this is kind of what we ask, um, what what I ask a guest at the end of the show mm. because, um, like you said, you wanted to do medicine and then mm-hmm. you go into banking. Mm-hmm. So what you're doing right now mm-hmm. is this your dream? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, bro, like I talk about. I've I've told you about how like kind of like last October was like the most stressful kind of period for me. Like probably like I think I had a breakdown, an actual breakdown. Then like every week I'm like just like hand in, you know, head in hand. Like oh my gosh, like so much work to do. But there's no amount of money anyone could pay me to go back into banking. I mean, even at the point where um our angel investment fell through last year. Um, I was like, I ain't going back to banking. I, psh, I ain't doing that. <laughs> so I've, I've got a job at this startup that I said mm. got acquired um, in, in, in five years. Um, and um, and the co-founder is actually Nigerian as well. Got acquired by a big player for a good amount of money Come too. On. So um, I was like, no, I want to be at a startup. If I'm going to go back to do any work outside of Jinde, I want to be at a startup where I can learn, where I can, you know, be inspired. So um, 100% be, work, building my own startup and it being in the industry, it's, it's in it's 100% my dream um you know I, I nobody could pay me to do anything else to be oh, honest listen man i think i think it's incredible like the journey that you've had and the things you've you've gone through and especially like i said the biggest thing was was betting on yourself and you know Bro. believing that you know this dream of mine got to make it happen so Bam pops to you for that thank you bro thank you but yeah man thank you for coming on the show i truly appreciate it truly appreciate it thank you for talking to me thank you for letting the listeners know the journey you've had and you know shout out to jenday as well do you want to kind of plug your social media um yeah no i even first of all good you said it right fam like we talked about this (laughs) he's talked about this i don't mind i let people say how it is but like a zendaya but jendaya um so socials on instagram jendaya.official um, J-E-N-D-A-Y-A dot official. And then on Twitter, Jindaya official, one word. Um, LinkedIn, Jindaya. Um, Facebook, Jindaya. So, yeah. And is there anything that we need to look out for like in the coming weeks? Oh, yes. Thank you. Thank you for that, actually. So um, right now, um, as I said, everyone can interact with the editorial only platform. Sign up, sign up because the first 350 people to sign up get 10% off their first orders when Jindaya goes live for everyone. So that's something for you guys. So sign up. Um, those who've been selected as a, um, a pilot shopper for the, over the next 12 to 9 to 12 months, as I said, we're doing that in waves. All of you guys get the option to um, receive some Jindaya merch. So we've got some merch for you other than also shopping, being the first to test the, the e-com offering. Um, you guys have will get some merch, well, options to have some merch as well. So um, don't worry, bro, I'll include you in the, in the pilot <laughs> shoppers. So um, yeah, so for those who've been selected, you know, you get to experience it, get to opt for some merch. Um, those who haven't been either because I don't know you or you haven't been recommended to us for us to add you to it, read the content, sign up. We've got some great content coming for you and we've got a giveaway coming, actually. Got a big boy giveaway coming in probably two, three weeks. Yeah. Um, three items for him, three items for her, one winner. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be some some big boy stuff. Obviously, uh, we we selected some like we selected some great stuff that's gonna you know get you through get you through these uh, this Q this Q four and keep you stylish. <laughs> yeah, man, it's giveaway season. Love wow. to hear it. Love to hear it. But thank you again, man, for coming on the show. Thank you, bro. And it's been great having you. Appreciate it.